Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noda Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, I mean, it's uh, it's snow. I mean, it's snowing here. Uh, I'm now 17. My birthday was on Friday, so it's it's been a, it's been a big week. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's like Antarctica or whatever, except Antarctica now is this this their warm time of the year. But it's a good point. The uh, the Arctic Circle, uh, it's it was below zero this morning, and uh, there's snow on the ground. Yeah, it's just kind of a nasty day. But uh, yeah. it's a, I like sitting in front of my fireplace, my wood burning fireplace, and watching people. You know, at a football game that's outside. That's also cold. I like yeah. both of these games today in the NFL are outdoor games. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I could see if I were a fan, I'd rather be playing inside a dome, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just something about playing in the elements that is really, really cool about football. Baseball, you know, oh, it's it's under 35 degrees we can, or 55 maybe. I don't know. And, yeah. But uh, I like baseball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diss anybody. But uh, I just love football. And then this yeah. the good thing about that, we got the exciting games today. And then two weeks from now, it's all going to be over. And it's like, man, then I got yeah. to Well, but then we have the USFL and XFL. So we'll have even more football, technically, because you have two leagues that are going to be in the spring now, which I'm I'm really excited for. So hopefully they both – I mean, the USFL will be in their second season. So they got some stuff figured out last year. And I think they'll have some more fans coming, hopefully. I don't know. but um, I think Josh Banderas is going to be our guest. I think next week – I don't know if we can get our schedules. We have three – you know, two different time zones and three different people to, to, to ask. Yeah. Yeah. That I yeah. He wants to be on and he's, he leaves in March. So we do have some time, but February is already virtually here. Yeah. Yep. So February is also the shortest you, month. So what do you want to get? Oh, by the way, yes. Happy birthday. What did you do on that day that you can tell our listeners? Uh, I mean, we really didn't. We went and got um, some Mexican food for dinner at a place called Cafe Mexicali here in Fort Collins. A really, probably my favorite Mexican restaurant here. But anyway, they um, that might be just because I'm a teenager and it's like the cheapest <laughs> you can get for just massive burritos. So <laughs> that's probably why it's still good. It's still really good. But if you ever come to Fort Collins, I definitely recommend it. Uh, and that was really it. Um, I hung out with uh, family and then. Yesterday I worked, so <laughs> great, yeah. great birthday present. But uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, and then and then I hung out with my girlfriend, which was fun. But um, yeah, it's it's been. I mean, it doesn't feel any different. People have been like, first question on Friday. Oh, how's it feel to be seventeen? I'm like, oh, it's basically the same. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, we had uh, Nebraska. Both men's and women's basketball played yesterday. Uh, one of the games was close. The other one was not. Uh, if you could probably guess, the men's team got schnockered uh, by Maryland. Uh, they lost by 1982 to 63. Um, they're 10-12 now, 3-8 in conference. Uh, there's not a ton you can say. We've talked about them a lot, which is all the injuries that they've had. It's just been kind of an unlucky year. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm expecting them to be in the top 25, but I feel like they could be a bigger challenger in the Big Ten if uh, Juwan Gary does, or yeah, Juwan Gary doesn't get hurt, and uh, Banduel Mel doesn't get hurt as well. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just been kind of unfortunate. I hope that Trev sees that and doesn't just 
fire Hoiberg because of this season. I mean, they're not playing terribly. You still have 10 wins, and one of them's over Creighton, who Creighton just beat the number 13 team of the country, Xavier, yesterday, too, by quite a bit and dominated them. So, um, I mean, that's that win looks better every day. And uh, Creighton is kind of getting back out of the rut that they were in to begin the season. So, they're not to begin to. It, they, they, they started the season off hot and then went on like a six-game losing streak, and now they're yep. kind of getting back, which is good. Um, a women's team, on the other hand, kept Iowa uh, number ten in the country. Iowa, I believe, really close. They were they were they were leading for part of the game in the first quarter, and then Iowa kind of it looked like Iowa kind of closed the door. Iowa's up by about seventeen, um, as as much as seventeen at one yep. point, I should say. And then Nebraska went on a twelve zero run and pulled within five, and then they missed an open shot, and then. They, if you you got to make the open shots, that's that's kind of the lesson here, and yeah. you end up losing. They end up only losing by four eighty to seventy six. Uh, Caitlin Clark is crazy good for Iowa, and I, she's been breaking records and is probably. I mean, she's probably going to be one of the top three picks in the WNBA draft this coming year. I think she's a senior, but uh, anyway, she scored thirty three points, twelve rebounds, and nine assists. That's almost a triple double, but still, that's that's just crazy. Uh, and it is. It is. it's when you have someone like that on your team. It's hard. Like you can build a decent supporting cast around them. If if you can do that, you're gonna make a deep run in the in the tournament. So, I think Iowa's gonna be fine. They'll probably win the Big Ten, is my guess. Um, they've they they already beat the second best te- team in the Big Ten. Uh, actually, that is not true. Uh, they played Michigan, who's good, but um, Indiana and Maryland are both very good as well. So we'll see how how that happens when it comes to uh, conference tournament time. But what any any your thoughts on either of those two games yesterday, Grandpa? Well, I think he nailed it with uh, with men's basketball. The ladies basketball, man, they could have they could have just given up. They were down by 17 on the road. They're playing a hot team, and uh, Jazz Shelley played well. Uh, uh, Hybe was was great in in the game. Um, they just have some really good athletes. I I got to take my hat off to Amy Williams, the head coach. She's yeah she's made those kids into fighters. Um, I don't know where they're going to end up this this uh, the end of the season. Um, I don't know. They uh, it's they lost one of their key players and that's bad. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's uh, this has not been well with the men's. It's not something we've had been able to cheer about for a long, long time. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope I hope Fred can keep his job. I'm just not sure <clears throat> what what you hang your hat on going into next season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and right now, according to ESPN, has their bracketology thing that they update every week. And Nebraska's listed as one of the if for the women's side. The men's side, they're completely out of it, which is I, I think is realistic. Um, but Nebraska's one of the last four in right now, which means they'll have to play one of those first four games as an 11 seed to get in, um, is what they're predicting. I mean, obviously, that's not just whatever that ends up at the end of the year doesn't mean that that's how the bracket's exactly going to be. But... Um, We'll, we'll have to see, but I think that this team is going to have to fight to get into the tournament, and then we'll see how they do when they get into t- the tournament. Um, so I, we'll, we'll keep track of them. As I said, we've been updating you guys on the men's and women's basketball, I think, almost every other every week at least um, for this past month, or maybe a few weeks we skipped. But anyway, um, the men's team is kind of done. I think it's just redundant every time we talk about it because it's the yeah. same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, women's, women's team we'll have to see. We got some good news on the Husker football recruiting uh, news uh, this week. Uh, 
as you know, we got two. We talked about it last time. Eric Gilbert is a tight end from Georgia Bulldogs. You know the the yes. time national championship uh, Bulldogs. Uh, Eric uh, Gilbert, and then we got Jacob Hood, who is a little guy, six eight, three forty two. Well, they got the the other kid they were going after, who is a uh, uh, he's an edge rusher, and it's MJ Sherman, and he just yeah. came in yesterday, which is Saturday. We're doing this on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Uh, so, and then that then we got three players from Florida, Chief Border. We already talked about them, Corey Collier and uh, Marla. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, Ortiz. He's a he's a long snapper. Yeah, that, but that's from Southeast Conference and coming up from you know warm climate to cold climate. I think the getting the three from, you know, two time. Uh, national championships uh, ch- champions Georgia Bulldogs is a I mean I don't know if you're looking at for for how Matt Rule is going to approach recruiting in the future you got to you got to take your hat off I don't know if these kids are going to pan out we don't know but when you can get three players who are highly uh, recruited out of high school and get them to come from a national championship team to Nebraska that hasn't had six consecutive losing seasons. I think you got to be some kind of a magician to do that. I, I take my hat off to to, uh, Matt. Um, And then uh, we got two uh, signees. uh, We got, well, you you and I were talking about this last week. I don't know how you, you say these are transfer portal or they're, I mean, they're kids who are already in playing for Nebraska, Isaiah Garcia's Castanetas wide receiver and Xavier Betts who sat out the 22 season rule got them to come back to Nebraska and, and, uh, uh, Castanetis had, had gone into the transfer portal. What? Like in October, October, I think October. Yeah. And to get him back. I mean, I hope it's a good thing. I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're two proven good players. Um, yeah. And then, um, we just got a couple of. Uh, you want to talk about those Bob Wagers, uh, high school? Yeah, the twenty, the twenty twenty four commits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. Um, well, there's 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 kind of a, a list here, but um, we have four guys that have committed recently. Uh, one of them, uh, the the most recent was Saturday. Uh, that's Sue Latou, Lafotu, I believe that's how you pronounce it, from right. Bellflower, California. That's I wanted you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he committed yesterday. Um, he's 6'4", 285. I think he's a three-star. But he played for St. John's Bosco, uh, which was the number one nationally ranked right. high school football team last year. They went 13-1. and Their only loss was to Modern Day, uh, who is another California school in their same division. They lost to them in playoffs. And, they right. were, and Modern Day was the number three team nationally. So... He's got a lot of really good experience, which I think is something that uh, will help him impact Nebraska a lot. He's 6'4", 285. I forget if I said that already, but um, he plays defensive line, and he's able to move off his alignment, stuff the run. Uh, I've watched some of his tape. Really solid player. And The stars only mean something when you're getting recruited, and it really doesn't mean anything once you get into college. So this kid can be something special, I think. Uh, it's just yeah. a matter of now with Transfer Portal, if we're going to be able to keep him or how that's going to work. So... Hopefully, hopefully he stays. But the and then as you were saying, Bob Wager, uh, he got two. We got two commits from his high school, Martin High School in Arlington, uh, Texas. 
Uh, Ismael Smith Flores is a tight end. He's 6'5, 210. And then Jeremiah Charles is a wide receiver. He's 6'2, 170. Uh, and both those guys are, I mean, I'm really started excited to see those guys as well. That'll be in, in next year, uh, when those guys commit. But, um, that's well. That's kind of weird. Those guys are my age. That's weird. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, you feel like a failure that you didn't. <laughs> that I'm not getting college. I'm not getting D1 football offers. Yeah, kind of. Oh, but yeah, no, that's great. And I think that that's that's showing uh, the, the impact of rules coaching staff already. We've seen it so many places, and now it's on the recruiting for even more. You get these kids from Bob Wager's high school. You just want to follow the coach, which uh, is something I totally get, and I love that. And I'm, I'm glad they're coming to Nebraska. And then the other kid is uh, Demetrius Bell, who's an athlete. So it means really wide receiver defense. But it probably it usually means that he doesn't – that he's just – a star on both sides of the ball. Speedster. That's <laughs> so, what yes, I mean. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he's 6'1", 175 from Nashville, Tennessee. He's a three-star. And, uh, yeah, I mean, excited to see him come as well. We don't get we, – we haven't got too many kids from the South recently. We've got some kids from Texas, like we get Trey Palmer and Casey Thompson. But uh, recruiting-wise, there's a lot more diversity, I think. It, it feels like as in where they're coming from. Um, as you, as we talked about on our recruiting show, you did the math when those guys had been, how far those guys were from Nebraska, and Rule said that he wanted an average distance of 500 yeah. miles from Nebraska. Right. The average distance was like 507 miles or something like that. That's like perfect. Right. So, right. Uh, and I, I'm sure these guys are adding to that, or not adding to that, but keeping that in the in the same loop again. And we'll have to see. But I mean, it's it's hard to determine talent how you're going to play in college, but I'm really excited to see these guys come in. Anything you got about these? Yeah, you know, one thing, a, a figure, and I have not checked this out, but I heard it um, uh, just a few days ago, and it doesn't surprise me, but, you know, teams, football, college football teams have to be down to 85 scholarships by, I think, the start of fall camp. If I'm, okay. I think I'm right on that. That sounds and, right to me. So you know where Nebraska stands right now? How many scholarships? How many scholarship players they have right now? One oh one. Oh so they, boy! They somehow they got to get rid of sixteen players. Huh. Sixteen players, and that's probably not that big of a stretch. I don't know. I don't know what they went through a year ago. I, I know they had more than eighty five, and they had to get down to that. Uh, uh, yeah. Limit there for a while, but hmm, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, so 16 players have to leave the program or go off scholarship. They could probably still stay there. As, you know, yeah, but when you get taken off scholarship, that's kind of like, oh, hey, you're going to ride the bench now. That's a, it, I mean, it's not necessarily not that necessarily. message. But and do, I, do you I, think that NIL money would keep those kids in there and help them pay some of their I, tuition? Yeah, I definitely think that that could help. Yeah, and I think that that maybe that's what you do now as a as a college recruiter. I don't. I'm not a college recruiter, obviously, but I don't know. Um, specifically my guess would be just looking at the situation my guess would be okay we need to have 85 scholarships okay you guys that are on scholarship some of you might like like our star players you might get the big nil deals but that's just because you're our star players the rest of you you're probably not going to get that many nil deals we're going to try and see if we can work some nil deals for these other guys we want to stay on 
but we can't give them scholarships, so we're just going to say, hey, here's their NIL contract. This is how you're going to pay for your school. So it's like the same kind of deal where it's just it's a it's kind of an informal way of getting extra scholarships, I guess. I, I that's how right. if I was an if yeah. I was Trevor Alberts, that's how I would try to use that. Yeah. Because that's the, that's how you use that to your advantage, which you up the number of things that you like up the number of scholarships without actually upping the number of scholarships. Right. You just use NIL for that. So yeah. I think that's the smart play. My guess is that's what teams have done um, because the. If, if I can think of it and I'm 17, these guys have been in the business for like five years uh, and, and they're all at least 40, then I would assume that they would have thought of that as well, hopefully. Um, otherwise, they should listen to this podcast and then maybe they get some ideas. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. So well, it, he'll, he'll figure it out, I assume. You know, uh, one thing that I heard this week was that uh, – to tell you what Matt Rule is up to and how much they want Dylan Riola, quarterback out of Chandler, Arizona. He sent, I think, almost all of his uh, assistants and, you know, he himself too, that to, down to Chandler to uh, pay a little recruiting visit to, uh, to Dylan. So I would not be surprised. I mean, I'd be delighted and happy and elated what other words you can look up in your Roger's thesaurus um, if he comes to Nebraska? I, I'm not going to be shocked. I think I think we have a decent chance of getting him um, because if you don't go to Ohio State, and I know I know Georgia's and Southern Cal are on his list, and as is Nebraska, but that, that Nebraska is in his top four. Think about that for a second. Yeah, that yeah. is. Doesn't that it blows my mind actually? And yeah, I mean, that tells you just, something about Matt Rule. Yeah, I think so. And we were talking about this last week too. The pedigree of those other three schools: USC, Georgia, and Ohio State. They're challenging for conference titles and playoff spots every single year, constantly. Right. Nebraska hasn't been around the conference playoff, or sorry, conference championship game really since. 2012 since we got annihilated by Wisconsin like we weren't even we haven't been close really since um I mean we've been we've been sort of close but it's still like it's not it's not been for a national championship bid for a Rose Bowl bid whatever um and so I mean it's this would be this would be great I think that having uh Donovan or sorry Dominic on as the offensive line coach Don, um, Donovan is the old. Okay, yeah. Dominic is Dominic is Dylan's, Dylan's father. Dad. Okay, uh, yeah. Donovan uh, having Donovan on as the O line coach uh, definitely is helping him with that, and I think that yeah. uh, I mean it, we talked about it last week that the legacy of Nebraska of the Nebraska fan base is so much stronger than any other college. Yeah. Uh, you can make arguments, but I I can point out to you, there I've, I think there have been more father son or like grandson-son duos that have played for Nebraska than at any other school. And that's just the kind of the culture that Nebraska's built, where it's like your dad went to Nebraska, or your dad played football for Nebraska, so then like that's all you want to do. You see, you, you see the tapes, you watch it every Saturday. 
Like that's that's. I mean, I don't think I would be as big a Nebraska fan as I as I am if it's not if it wasn't for you, Grandpa, and watching football every single Saturday, watching Nebraska games every Saturday, no matter what, uh, no matter how we were doing. Uh, unfortunately, now I'm choosing to watch when we're bad. Uh, <laughs> I was forced to watch good Nebraska teams. So, uh, but like I remember watching 2013 UCLA, 2014 against UCLA, and then going over to the park and playing with you. It's just like that is. The uh, that is the epitome of the Nebraska fan base is you watch with the people that you love that have brought you into that fan base and then I mean as as we've seen like um, we're gonna get to this in a second but like there are examples of like you have uh, Jeff McAvicka and Joel McAvicka both playing for Nebraska you have um, uh, not Van Poppel who's the uh, um, the kid that we just recruited, who's uh, your friends Gabriel with? Boodle. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, the yeah. The, and his the, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still that that same kind of thing. So, uh, and I think, I, as you said, I would not be surprised if Dylan comes to Nebraska. I, I don't think it's a coup if we end up getting Dylan right. Ella to come to Nebraska. Right. Right. Uh, I think that it's probably he's probably leaning towards Nebraska. Is my guess. I don't think anyone else has take their entire staff down to visit him. That is like that's crazy. So uh, I mean, I don't, that could either be really intimidating or really encouraging. So I don't know. Hopefully, it was encouraging. Well, the other the other staff uh, won't get into details, but uh, kind of dissed uh, Dominic Riola and Dylan. Uh, yeah. And if the story's true, it's uh, it's a huge, huge. Uh, snafu on the part of the former coaching staff, and I won't mention any names, but notice that once the coaching change had been made, uh, Dylan, uh, you know, decommitted from Ohio State. I never, yeah. I the only thing that I thought at that time, because I we knew that we were going to get a new coach, was that if he does go to Ohio State, you got the transfer portal, and he could you know, leapfrog and come back to Nebraska. But yeah, I think, you know, maybe that's just a lot of wishful thinking on, on our part, but I, I, yeah. I really think that I don't think it's going to be a, just a shock. I, I um, and it, it, it could be may, maybe one of the biggest Tommy Frazier was a great, he, I think he was the, the straw that stirred the drink in the nineties for the Huskers. Yeah. Uh, Turner Gill in, in the eighties. Uh, one quarterback, one player can really change the whole, you know, dynamics of, of the, it's, it's, it's so yeah. I, I can see that. I can see Dylan coming in there and being the star. You got to have a stud at quarterback. You yep. got to have that. You can't just have somebody who can, you know, maintain or do the status quo. You're going to have to have somebody who is a, you know, major star uh agreed dylan is is i I don't know uh it's i i i keep hoping and uh we'll see what happens but i i think you and i are in agreement that's i don't think it's going to be a huge surprise yeah and the timing's perfect because casey will be leaving after this year for sure um and then you get Dylan coming in there as a freshman. Maybe Logan Smothers starts one. He starts one season, then Logan will be gone, uh, and then Dylan can take over after having some experiences, kind of getting mentored. 
uh, as long as he doesn't transfer, which, I mean, if he comes to Nebraska, I don't think he's going to transfer easily. Um, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, Richard I'm, Torres in there too. Correct, right. So, I mean, yeah. it, if, if we get done, oh, this can make this quarterback room really interesting these upcoming years. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, you and I talked a little bit about was that the the, Hus- the salaries for all the Husker assistant, not all, one of them has not been uh, announced yet, but uh, ten, uh, 10 of them have, and that's including the strength and conditioning coach. But you want to go over some of the – we already – we talked about Marcus Satterfield – who's the offensive coordinator. He's the top dog. He gets 1.4 million. He's the, the highest paid uh, football assistant in Husker history. And then Tony White is at 1. Point, or 1.0 uh, million. He's a defensive coordinator. And then you want to talk about Evan Cooper and the other guys? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, there's not too much that really stands out. Ed Foley is getting paid Fifty-five, sorry, five hundred fifty k a year, um, and as the special teams coordinator, which might seem like a really exorbitant amount of money, but uh, he's 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 coordinating the entire special teams, and he's probably one of our best recruiters at the moment, besides Rule himself. Um, just just you, we talked about him last week, and you 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 told the story about uh, what he was like to actually meet in person. Now, uh, and then Evan Cooper getting paid six hundred seventy k a year. That makes sense. Our DBs are probably the core to our defense and the most important thing. And so he, getting him getting paid the most uh, out of all the assistance makes a little bit of sense, I think. Uh, and then it's kind of all regular from there. For When you get down to the little, the smaller chunks, like what, Garrett McGuire is getting paid 285 k as a wide receivers coach, but he's also 23, so that probably looks like a lot of money to him. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but... Um, yeah, a lot of it's kind of the same. Donovan's getting paid 325k. It's just like it's it's he's he's got to split it up somehow, and he had to rank it at some point. And I mean, Satterfield getting paid 1.4 mil is quite a bit for an OC, but if he thinks he's worth it, then he's worth it, and I'll believe him and I'll trust him. Uh, Rule's getting paid seven million, so it's like okay. Oh, his budget. Sorry, sorry, he's not getting paid yeah. seven million. Um, his budget for uh, assistance is $7.7 million. And right now, uh, with everything that he has, the only salary he hasn't announced is Bob Lager's, uh, the tight ends coach. That's the only one he hasn't announced yet. Um, and so he's at $5.65 million for his assistance. So uh, that might be that I, maybe he'll up some of those, again, just to meet that cap or they'll the have to prove it or something. Was, the other thing that I was thinking, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, you wonder – those are base salaries. And then you, you're going to have to, hopefully, if we make it to a bowl game, we win X number of games and so on, that there will be bonuses that are not included in that 5.6, or they're not included in that. And they would, but they would fall under the $7 million cap that he had or his budget. Yeah. I mean, does that sound about right? Or, I mean, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, I wonder if that—that that, maybe that's why he's so short right now. Maybe it's just because they're like, okay, your budget in total for this entire season is seven million. So he like wants to keep some of that money for bonuses or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, um, he, he can do what he wants, but um, I'm sure these guys. It's not. It's not about the money as much as it is the football for them. Uh, hopefully. For for these guys, but um, I know I know some offensive coordinators are not offensive coordinators. Some coordinators are very antsy about how much you're getting paid, and they don't they they care about the football and they're good at what they do, but they're very antsy about getting paid. And I don't think that this staff 
cares how much they get paid. They just love the game and love to coach it. So um, I, that, at least that's what I'm hoping. And that's what I've kind of the vibe I've gotten from them. But yeah. And Corey Campbell, I don't know if you mentioned him. He's a strength and conditioning guy. He's his base is 450 grand, which is, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't checked to see what Nebraska's uh, staff was getting last year. I, I know they weren't getting 1.4 million and I know our defensive coordinator was not getting 1.0 million. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say that, uh, that uh, the offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, I think he was in the five, $600,000 range. Yeah. That sounds about right. That's I don't that's remember, like but yeah. double. That's double. I mean, we'll wait to see people will say, well, he's not worth that. Well, if somebody's willing to pay you and me $1.4 million, we're worth it. Yeah, he just decided to write us a check for that. So exactly. Yep. But, yep. Uh, yeah. yeah Let's move on is, to. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's all going to come out in the next year, a couple of years, actually. So we'll see. What yeah, happens. definitely. Uh, let's touch on real quick um, of the championship Sunday games uh, for, for the NFL. We just want to talk about some Huskers that were in these games, uh, the Philadelphia and uh, the NFC Championship game is going on right now. I watched a little bit of it. Of it. Uh, Brock Purdy got injured, unfortunately. I hope he's yeah. coming back. I don't know. I haven't watched the game for the last 40 minutes, so he could be back right now, and I don't know. Um, you guys will know because this will be out after that right. game's done. Right. So, anyway, but the night the nightcap is uh, the AFC Championship game, Kansas City against Cincinnati. Uh, we got Nebraska has two former players playing for the Bengals, and they've played some significant minutes. Um Stanley Morgan Jr., wide receiver, uh, he play he plays mainly on special teams, um, but he's got some snaps on offense this season and has played decently well. I've seen him play a little bit. I always get excited uh, when seeing a former Nebraska player in the NFL making catches or making some plays, uh, whether it be on special teams or on offense. And then Cam Taylor Britt has played out of his mind, uh, and yeah. it's just been great. He wasn't even he was not expected at all to play this year. They had an injury in their secondary, and he's been starting every single game. He had the game ceiling interception yeah. last week against yeah. Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, he was falling backward to make the catch. Just uh, really great for him, and he's been playing lockdown. Um, I'm sure that he's earned himself at least getting into that rotation of cornerbacks uh in some kind of package i'm sure they'll want him back next year for the Bengals. and then for cincinnati you know boodle is uh he's a db he's on their practice squad he's not going to play um i don't even i mean i assume he'll be at the game i don't know if he'll travel i mean they're not traveling their kansas city's home but um, i assume he'll be at the game but uh he's he's been working with them this year so uh and then for philadelphia dominican sue has kind of been bouncing around the nfl recently he started with the lions had a long career with them and then went to the buccaneers and now he's with the eagles cam jurgens is a center uh he's been playing a little bit i think it's kind of hard when jason kelsey is your starting center six-time pro bowler so uh you're not going to get a lot of snaps in between there and then jack stoll's been playing tight end he's been rotating in with dallas goddard he made a catch today and i was jumping around my kitchen so uh yeah it was was, it's been good he's been playing the most out of i think besides cam taylor Britt, out of all these guys jack stoll's been made the biggest impact on on their team uh and then for the 49ers they're no surprisingly no no uh former Huskers playing for the 49ers. Uh, we, we forgot to mention Cincinnati's head coach is... Zach Taylor, who is also Nebraska's quarterback in 2005. Is that right? The Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Great, great uh, player, great kid. I'm, I'm just 
tickled. I'm going to be rooting for Kansas City today. So who do you like in today's matchups? Again, by the time this thing gets posted and people listen to this, it will have, you know, we have yeah. to tell people this is – this is done, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, just emphasize that so we don't look like idiots, yeah. Who do um, you want to win and who do you think is going to win? I'd like the 49ers to win the NFC Championship game. I, now with Brock Purdy out, I don't think they're going to. However, he could be back in, so I don't know. But uh, Brock Purdy's story is just really great. I watched him play at Iowa State. He's a really great kid. Yeah. Um, and a good football player as well. I, the, the 49ers and Eagles have been the best two teams in the NFC all year by by far, I think. And um, it, I thought the Eagles were better than the 49ers coming into this game. And it's it was 7-0 when I stopped watching, so we'll see. But I think Philadelphia is going to win this game. Uh, I would like the 49ers win, but I think the Eagles are going to win this game and, and make Philadelphia a very happy town, uh, which they've just been so lucky this past year. They had the Phillies go to the World Series, the uh, Philadelphia Union, their MLS soccer team went to the MLS Cup, uh, and now if the Eagles win this game, they'll go to the Super Bowl. So that's three of your, I guess, six major sports in your city uh, have gone to their respective championship games if the Eagles win this game. so uh, And then and then with uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati, that game is going to be interesting. I'd like to see Cincinnati win that game and just redeem themselves in the Super Bowl against, uh, I think, better opposition. I think the Eagles are better than the Rams were last year. Uh, but we'll have to see. I, I think that it's a lot of it's going to come down to how healthy is Patrick Mahomes because of his ankle that got twisted last week. And uh, some people are saying, oh, they're making too big of a deal out of it. He'll be fine. He did not look great when he came back into that game. He could not even, he couldn't make it three steps to make a handoff. And even when he got it taped up, he still was limping around a little bit, was not the same. Patrick Mahomes, he still made some great plays and ended up closing out the game. But it'll be interesting. This game is going to be a, a legacy definer. And I've heard that from multiple places, the ESPN, SB Nation, a lot of different places have been talking about how uh, this Burrow-Mahomes game could be could become like the next Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady, that kind of rivalry where it's, they're meeting at the highest stakes every single year. Uh, and the games are just amazing as, and I mean, these two teams played last year, Cincinnati came back as they did all of last year's playoffs and won. Uh, I'm sure Kansas city is going to be mad and not let that happen again. The question is this Cincinnati team has not lost a game since October. So you talk about a team that's on a roll right now. Uh, Cincinnati's won 10 in a row, I think, and the 49ers have won 12 in a row. So yeah, take that for what it is. I'm going to pick, uh, I think, I think Kansas City might, is going to pull this off, though. Uh, so that would be, uh, so my, my Super Bowl picks would be, uh, it would end up being Kansas City against uh, the Eagles in the Super Bowl, which would, that would just be a great Super Bowl. I'd love, to, I, I'd love to watch any of these teams play each other. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. These teams are all really great, but uh, I think that the, Chiefs are going to end up topping the Bengals, and then the Eagles are going to end up topping the 49ers. Well, what about you, Grandpa? Well, I, I want Kansas City, and I, and I hate to root against Cincinnati because I like them. I love Zach Taylor. I love Joe Burrow, uh, DiCaprio Boodle, you know, or not, excuse me, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt. Uh, I love I love that connection, but I've been a Cam- – the first pro uh, football game I ever saw was Kansas City, and I've been a Kansas City fan for – decade so uh I, i'll be rooting for kansas city but i will not be surprised and i won't be upset if cincinnati wins and then i i think uh, we we don't know about the 49ers and brock purdy but uh i i'm gonna go with philly so i think it'll be cincinnati and philly in the super bowl 
but don't bet on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But don't want we'll have to see. Me nasty emails. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we'll we'll talk about whatever happens. Uh, end of by the end of today, uh, we'll we'll definitely talk a little bit about the Super Bowl matchup coming up in two weeks here next week. Um, unless unless we have a guest, but uh, we might bring it up to them honestly because who doesn't watch the NFL playoffs? So, uh, well. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the podcast. Uh, again, it's only spreading my word of mouth right now, so we, we, we really appreciate you guys telling everyone about the podcast and spreading it that way. So uh, we thank you guys for downloading every week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, talk to – not talk, geez, uh email hbthpodcast at gmail.com if you're uh, looking to get in contact with us. And that is all I have. Grandpa, anything you got? Or they can email me at huskerdan at cox.net. Bingo, there you go. And we'll try to answer those questions on the show if we get any. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. And as always, go Big Red!